Hi, and welcome to this episode of, of The Upload with Control Up. My name is Jeff Johnson, and I'm here with my extreme colleague, Eugenia. Say hi, Eugenia. Hi, Eugenia. Oh, hey there, guys. <laughs> Eugenia, what do we have up today? Something special? Oh, yes, indeed. We have a fantastic guest here today. We've got the, the chief, chief technologist officer from VMware. Uh, hello, Spencer Pitts. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, so slightly not so as extreme as you guys, and I'm hailing <laughs> from the UK side of the pond. But yeah, good to be on, and uh, thanks for having me. Looking Spencer, forward to this. Spencer's right back from holiday. Uh, you know, this is obviously our audio podcast, but we're looking at him through uh, through the video, and he's nice and tan. We're kind of <laughs> jealous. Kind of jealous. Yeah, yeah, but that's the power of editing as well, Jeff. So uh, <laughs> I could be lying. I could have some interesting filters on. Yeah, totally. I'll leave you with that thought. <laughs> hey, so, so Spencer, like, so I know you've been in the, you've been in the industry a while. We don't want to date you or anything, but uh, let's say you've been in there long enough around the VDI and the EUC space. Um, can you give us a, a quick, like, how have you seen this, this EUC VDI space grow over the last oh, 10 years? And then what's happened over the last two years has been kind of a, an eye-opening, uh, you know, remark. Yeah, so um, actually, I howl beyond 10 years, which does date me as well. And um, thanks for saying I'm undateable. <laughs> My wife probably might not like that. But um, yeah, so I've been in, what, 15 years now. When I first joined, it was kind of very embryonic, I would say. Um, and I went through some of the early challenges around. Um, I remember one customer I went to who said Look, I, they wanted Vista. Yes, I did say Vista. So that definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, and they said, oh, we want 10,000 desktops, right? Which is, okay. Um, but we want them all to have the same amount of storage. So we did the calculations and it was petabytes, right? So I remember the early days of when you tried to scale this stuff out and it just didn't work because you couldn't put that amount of IOPS into the storage. So there was a lot of evolution in the storage side of things. Mm -hmm. Then there was the network stuff with the protocol as well. So I've seen a lot of changes over the years of how we've made VDI kind of workable for most use cases, right? Um, but the problems always definitely existed all the way through is if there is a problem, where is the problem? And that's the thing that gets interesting with VDI. You, know, you have lots of different teams. You have the network guys, you have the storage guys, kind of alluded to that. You've right. got the VDI admin guys, you have the uh, virtualization guys, and you go into most companies and they have somebody in charge of each one of those stacks. And they, they like to do a lot of finger pointing. All right. So it kind of gets interesting there, which is if I'm a, working from home as we all are at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to get access to something. If something goes wrong, where's the problem? And it's always interesting to see, we call it this read, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the phrase, mean time to um, resolution or yeah. heard of that, right? So it's also um, the alternative to that is how quickly can I say it's not my fault? And that's, <laughs> and that's the sort of thing I see with a lot of EDI admin guys and network guys, you know, it's not our fault, storage is fine. Network's good. That's no, on us, you know, and, it gets interesting there. So that's one of the big changes that I've seen is how we've got, and that's why we do a lot of stuff with you guys, right? Because you can get into that next level of detail where others can't and where you could argue if you haven't done this stuff and architected it, because we all love the architects. We've all right. designed it perfectly, haven't we? And our image is perfect and everything's just going to work, right? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. We, we definitely hear a lot about the, the finger pointing game here. A lot of our, uh, our end users, it, they, they're always going on about how it's okay. Everyone's saying, oh, it's, it's this, it's this thing. It's that thing. It's something else. It's you guys' fault. And being able to say, no, 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 actually turn the finger around, point it back at that guy and say, actually, it's, it, it's you. I have the data to, to prove it. Uh, that's definitely, that is definitely kind of, of a key thing that we definitely provide. And actually, in one of the things that's really great, is, so we have this, this partnership now, you know, control up and VMware. Uh, and so that's been uh, really great as well, kind of working together with a lot of some of the VMware customers and, and really working together to, you know, make sure that, you know, we kind of work synergistically, you know, so you guys provide so much value. And then we help with some of the finger pointing that no matter what, I mean, when you have that kind of virtualized environment, there's going to be finger pointing. That's just par for the course, right? So, uh, so yeah, so, um, and you mentioned the whole uh, with everybody working from home. How has that changed, you know, in your role and in, in what you've been seeing? How have what's been kind of some of the shifts there? I've been talking about, and I should have worn it today if I if I known. Uh, but as it's podcast, you wouldn't have seen it. But you could have <laughs> you, you could have googled it as well. But one of my um, colleagues I work with, I say colleagues, he's uh, works at a partner. I don't know if you know him, Johan van Amersfoort. You should get him on, by the way, if you ever get a chance. Uh, he's got this. Um, he called it the Year of VDI. You've heard of that phrase, I hope you've heard yeah. it. This is going to be the year of VDI. So yeah, I've been doing yeah. this a long time, right? So I've heard that quite a bit. But we made some T-shirts, or he did. And um, it's all around all the things that, I guess, they, they've gone out there and they've asked loads of questions around how many VDI sessions you're using, what are you using for? And, of course, the big thing over, as bad as the pandemic was, it, VDI saved the day for a lot of customers. I mean, it totally did overnight. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if other vendors in this space saw the same thing, but... We definitely saw a lot more adoption. People that hadn't tried it before that realized they should have. Those that had it and expanded it massively. Um, so in the early days of the pandemic, we had a big ramp, ramp up, right? Loads of people using it to effectively get keep the lights on. However, that's when, so I, I sort of talked to customers about that knee-jerk time. And then the once the dust has settled a little bit, you go back a bit and understand, okay, well, we kept everything on and it sort of works, but we could make some improvements. So where are the issues? What do we need to improve? What's not what's not working? And that's a prime example of where you know tools like yourself and Dex tools come in, where you can sort of get into the okay, right? Well, we're seeing this particular problem. Most people connecting at home over at X amount of latency are having issues with I don't know. I was about to say Minesweeper then, but that date <laughs> me as well. Um, I, actually, I actually play World of Warships, right? I also did a session at VMworld. I did a whole thing around how you can do heavily intensive graphics. That's my thing, World of Warships. Awesome. Thing, I know. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I play that on VDI because actually it's really good for me because I can hop around between my lounge and also my office and I can still keep the session going, which is a right. great use right. case for VDI. <laughs> but you know, for others at home that were just trying to do simple stuff and you didn't really know if there's any problems, are you too close to the uh, you know the microwave that's interfering with the <laughs> Wi-Fi signal? I kid you not, don't put the microwave on. Which yeah, try it one day. Um, we may anyway. or may not have colleagues that. Put a laptop in put a, a laptop microwave. In it, yeah. Well, I haven't put it and in the microwave. And then maybe turned it on. <laughs> I'm talking about just near it, right? Because it massively interferes, obviously, with the uh, the Wi-Fi. So there's those kind of things. But we did see, as much as there was a massive adoption, there was a lot of people phoning in and saying, okay, well, we've got more issues now. We're starting, because as people scaled stuff up, they started to see more issues. So the ability, like you said, Jeff, at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. getting into the understanding what goes on when you're at home and how it works, I think it's really, really important. And that's been one of the missing keys. It's all great when everybody's in the office and you're doing VDI because you can control the network and you've got nth degree of visibility, finger pointing back to the network guys, by the way. Um, you, you can see what's going on, right? But when you're at home, 
kind of don't. So you know, capabilities around that I think is really important. Yeah, that was that was one of the, the one of our our biggest wins I think this last year. And we've always been really good around um, looking at the end to end you know, VUC, uh, VDI EUC solution, right. And, and having billions of, of, uh, uh, hours of looking at, um, you know, customers VDI's environment and then suggesting fixes to their VDI environment or EUC environment. But with the addition of our remote DX, which is I think just a single DLL, Eugenia will, uh, will keep me straight on that one. <laughs> um, so we run that on that endpoint device that then grabs those, um, statistics around the home, uh, around the latency, the bandwidth, the uh, from my and my my Wi-Fi connection, uh, and uh, all the way to my ISP, and say, hey, here is your tr- tr- uh, bottleneck. Here is your problem at home, and we could even say, hey, cl- move closer to your Wi-Fi because some of the older houses that are all um, like lath and plaster, they're like a Faraday cage in each room. <laughs> you know, they they almost need a Wi-Fi. You know in every single room and we can detect that and, and even suggest put a pop-up on their window and have them move. That has been one of the, uh, the, the biggest uh, features that we've come out with this last year that people are really just gravitating on. Cause, cause like you said, Spencer, the, the IT department really doesn't have, they could have the best VMware, the best uh, VDI environment, EUC environment, right? Everything's running great. The, the backend infrastructure is great. The CPU is great. The you know the hardware is great. The the applications are great. But that last mile, it could fall down. And how do you how do you tell who's going to finger point? How they how long is it going to take them to troubleshoot that when the person's you know in one room they have a bad experience, but then in another room they have a good experience? What's going on? Like that's going to take forever to troubleshoot, right? So. No, I agree. It's it's an interest in the whole you know. It's easy to look after people when they're in a nice sort of regulated space when we was all in the physical workplace. But when we get home, there's a lot more things we don't know about, right? And it got a lot harder. And then that whole sort of support process as well. I mean, coupled to that, if there is a problem, and I think this is where the, the value of having these, you know, where is the problem, but what do I do about it? So you talked about maybe some yeah. recommendations that get popped up to the end user, but you know, what happens from the IT side? What happens to the network guys that we just finger pointed to? What do you want to go and do about that? Yeah, right. Right. And then what's the fix afterwards? And how do we get that out? And also think about it as well. What do you need to tell the user when it's done? Do they just need to carry on using it and then hopefully it works? Or do you need to let them know? And there's some interesting sort of things that I've seen around this, around um, how you can get you know notifications to come up and make some suggestions, fix something, and then let the user know and do some automation on that side of things, which I think is quite Quite a cool use case because at the end of the day, end users don't care. Really. Oh, they I don't, don't care who's pointing the finger. They just want it to work. <laughs> they, gl- just want, they want it to work, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned automation. You, you, you seem like you're just teeing these up for us, right? <laughs> 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 Eugenia, tell us about automation and control out. Oh, what's, what's, I mean, gosh, there's, there's so much available so much, so many different options with automation. I mean, you know, it could be that when the Wi-Fi signal is below X percentage, we can have it automatically send that pop-up like you're talking about, send that pop-up to the end user and say like, Hey, we noticed that your Wi-Fi signal strength is really low. Or like, are you out by the pool right now? And they can say like, please move closer. Things all like that. Uh, And one of the things too that we're kind of working towards as well, which I imagine is probably relevant to you guys in your space is starting to get more into the the user kind of user sentiment score. 
exploring and understanding because we have all these metrics and things that we can see that you know our our mm. customers can see about you know it looks like this end user is having a not so great digital you know employee experience it like there's there's a lot of metrics like the latency is crazy it's through the roof this probably doesn't feel great to them but like actually tracking like what is the user sentiment right now like how do they feel about their experience because maybe it looks great from our side and it still isn't awesome for them i'm um, being able to see also like what the, the, the things that we're doing that like we think that we're fixing issues is that improving their experience how does their the user sentiment change uh, is that something that you've run into as well like the need to kind of capture that kind of information yeah i've done quite a few conversations on this um sort of uh, with with others and other analysts and things but it that you hit them now on the head there is everything we've done so far and what all my sort of i guess experience over the last 15 years plus has all been it focused and then there was another department i mean i don't know if you, it's mm. the same with you guys but all the, the big companies i've worked for probably only two or three i used to work for semantic before we used to have a once actually it was probably twice a year survey yeah an employee sentiment survey and then now I've got a, a lot more visibility on how those things get made, and there's only so many questions that each department can put into the global company survey, right? So, are you happy with your IT service? That might be the only question that IT gets. To. So, how the hell are you going to find out what you know NPS scores and things like that from that? So, I think mean, it's interesting the way you talked about sentiment because traditionally we've done it with surveys. But you don't want big monolithic six months that never capture the uh, the sentiment of the user at the time. So there's a whole lot of stuff around what's going on in the industry, I think, there. And that whole DEX piece and, you know, we've got our Dean piece there. And there's a lot of, it's kind of the holy grail, I think, is merging the IT statistics along with the user stuff to build up that overall score. Uh, I think there is a danger, though, I'll be honest with you guys. There is a danger that some IT departments can use it to go, again, we're brilliant. All our services are amazing, right, so, to justify it. So I think you've got to be a little bit careful about who yeah. polices the police here. Because ultimately, it should be served up to things like HR for things like talent retention. You know, what's my user onboarding experience like yep. when I first joined the company? You know, what what kind of messages going up to CEO? Things like Glassdoor as well. I don't know if you guys have you know used that in terms of right. when people leave the company, what did they like, what did they not like? So it's interesting how we use those sentiment pieces because sometimes you can use it to justify your own existence a lot of it. You know, when it should be used for more. You, you talk to a lot of executives and are they starting to come up with um, kind of like a SLA for that digital experience, like a digital experience LA? Well, <laughs> so it's XLA. Yeah, it's XLA is the one that's going around at the moment as well. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that. So it's moved yeah. on from SLA. So SLA is very metric orientated. XLA right. is, to your point, you know, user experience or yeah, X experience um, level yep. agreements. And I'm starting to see that not just with customers, but also with service providers um, mm. and also with SIs and SOs and partners, right? So a lot of these big outsource contracts that we see, that's kind of built into it now as well. We don't just want you to say you've got 99% uptime of the network. We want to understand that the user's experience was whatever, and it's appreciably moved on. NPS score has gone up, however you, uh, you, know, you metric it. So definitely, that's the big thing in the industry right now, XLAs. If you haven't heard that one before, you're going to hear a lot more this year. It's the one. Kind of funny how uh, <laughs> how these things have kind of pivoted since uh, since COVID, right? Because you know, you, all the stuff was you know was all the networks were managed. All of the the experience was kind of more well managed. Now we everyone's so dispersed, then these things are kind of floating up. This experiential thing has kind of been floated up. Well, hey. Let's wrap it up. 
thank you, Spencer. I, we really appreciate that. This, uh, this, for this, this episode, uh, of, of the upload, um, I, I want to ask you one quick thing, Spencer. Um, what's one, what was, what was your favorite thing about your, your recent vacation? <laughs> it was really bad, but maybe not, not being able to, uh, connect at certain points on Wi-Fi to get email. So I couldn't look at what was going on, including the one that you said that we needed to do this today. <laughs> I'm glad I don't you think that sounds bad at all. I I'm, think that's gl- a fantastic one. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you, 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 uh, you didn't get that one. So Eugenia, <laughs> any, any last thoughts? Oh no, I'm, I'm still imagining going on vacation myself sometime and being disconnected, forcibly disconnected from the digital world. Sounds so nice. <laughs> So I'm about ready to hit there next week. Well, that's it for this version of the upload. We will see a version episode of the upload. We'll see you next time. Thank you. <laughs>